the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This week's episode is a recording of a study on Psalm 90. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Yes. Verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We turn people back to dust, saying, We turn to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it flourishes and groweth up, in the evening it is cut down and withered. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath, wrath are we troubled. Thank you. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins and the light of your judgment. For all our days you have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. Our days may come to seventy years or eighty if our strength endures. <laughs> Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for we quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Oh, satisfy us today with your mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us. The years in which you have, we, we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. The, um, so this is a psalm of Moses, we've looked at this before, I just want to again delve into it again to stir our hearts, um, especially with the, the, the note that uh, he, he marks and the, the core of this psalm. Uh, he, of course Moses is an old man when he writes this, and um, they've, some people have argued if he wrote it, but you can see a lot of uh, Deuteronomy in this, and you can see a lot of pictures, and uh, certainly when he says, look, you, you, you've, you've, your wrath is upon us, and he knew something about the wrath of the Lord, didn't he? Yeah. Remember, we said at least 85 funerals a day they, met, they went to in 40 years, so they understood the power and the awesomeness of God, and we'll just look at that in a moment. And um, of course, this, as we said before, the book of Psalms is split into five, isn't it? F- five books of Psalms. And this is the first book of the fourth. Uh, they say, why was it split into five? Well, of course, uh, probably because the Torah is five books. Um, not not really particularly sure, but really they sang their songs, didn't they? Um, and uh, Moses, the man of God, because he was God's man, of course, uh, did write a few songs. You'll find another song in Deuteronomy again, Deuteronomy thirty-two. I think you'll find the psalm, and we'll we'll read. We just sang it, um, ascribe greatness. That's Moses's song, and we'll read a few verses thereafter. So Moses is is an old man, and he's trying to get people's attention again. Um, uh, and this is a prayer, 
Very, very interesting how he starts his prayer, a little similar to our Lord. Um, Lord, you've been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Our Father, which art in heaven. So we, first of all, we see the, the imminence of the Lord, our dwelling place. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? That the Lord himself is our dwelling place, our abode, that we can uh, know him. So they, they call it the imminence of the Lord, although in a minute we look at how, how awesome he is. He's transcendent. He's, he's above and beyond. He's separate from creation. He's awesome, yet he's as close as our next breath, of course, isn't he? Why? Because he stepped down into where we are. Stepped where we are. So, um, so first of all, he says, Lord, you've been our dwelling for all generations. Um, bless the Lord. And again, we, we again take that picture. We say, oh, was it Moses? Let's read a couple of verses. Deuteronomy 33, 26, 27. There's no one like the God of Jeshurans mm-hmm. who rides across the heavens to help you and on the clouds in his majesty. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemies before you, saying, Destroy them. The Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our dwelling place. Same thing, same word. The Lord is our refuge, our dwelling place. A lovely picture. Underneath are the everlasting arms. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, what does Jesus say? John 14, 23, a short verse. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode. We will come to him and make our abode with him. That's wonderful. That's the difference between Christianity and anything else. It's relationship. It's actually the God of heaven coming and taking up residence in me. And that's amazing in itself, because I know who I am. In fact, I probably don't know the depths of my heart, do we? The Lord does, yet he still takes his residence in us. Amazing, amazing. So there's his, his first thought. He's our dwelling place. He is our refuge. And underneath the everlasting arms, even when they were disobedient, they went through the, the 40 years. What does he say? Never run out of water, never run out of manna, even those sandals, eh? No, no cobbler there, was it? Them sandals, 40 years, they did not wear out. Your clothes stayed. Even that was, that was the, the, the people under judgment. And God's mercy was awesome then. So he's our dwelling place. So the first thing, he's bringing God, the imminence of God, but now he is bringing a right perspective, who God really is. Our God is awesome. He is the creator, he said. He's eternal. He's before time. He doesn't change. The word is immutable. He doesn't change like me and you. He is sovereign. What he says will, will be. Um, he's eternal again the outside of the time dimension one, uh, verse 2, 3, 4 um, bless the Lord uh, he's trying to get a right perspective we've got to get a right perspective of God although he's our father he is still the awesome God um, Psalm 147, 4 and 5 he determines the numbers of the stars and calls them each by name great is our Lord and mighty in power his understanding has no limit. Our God is awesome. And of course, when um, the psalmist wrote that, he had no idea. See, when you look into the, na- the sky with a naked eye, you, they say you can probably, then you could because there was no light, light pollution, probably count 9,000 stars with a naked eye. 
Um, oh, that's pretty good. Because I, I, I can't remember someone's name. I'm thinking, what's their name now? And I'm thinking, oh, I'm just saying, how are you doing, brother? How are you doing, sister? So if I call you brother or sister, you know I've forgotten your name. Uh, uh, that's a good thing about the church. You can call them brother or sister. Um, but 9,000, but you know what? They do not know how many stars, do they? Their guesstimate at the moment is a billion trillion, which is one with about 21 notes behind it. Which, again, that is out of our thinking. Yeah. Our mind can't even comprehend. That's a guesstimate. And the Bible says he spoke them yeah. into being and he calls them all by name. And he doesn't forget. Yeah. Bless the Lord. It's good news. That's how awesome God is. And he, he's trying to get a, the, the, the people of God to remember. This was, their, this was the prayer of Moses. But this was a song they were going to sing. The Lord is our dwelling place. But remember, before the mountains were born and the earth was from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. There's no other. There's no other God, and he's not, the, he's not Allah, okay? That's, he, that's no God at all. The God of Israel is the God uh, that stepped down on our planet in the four, with Jesus, in Jesus, with Jesus. He is Jesus. And then he goes uh, again to remind us that he is everlasting. Uh, Isaiah 48, 12, 13. Listen to me, Jacob, Israel, who am I called? I am he. I am the first, I am the last. My own hands laid the foundations of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I summoned them, they all stand up together. He's an awesome God. Spread the heavens, just like that. He summons them, and they all stand to attention. Um, yet man, in his futility, in his arrogance, think, you know, absolutely crazy, isn't it? Yet, he's reminding us how awesome and how sovereign our God He is the first and he is the last. Then, why do we say Jesus is God? Because Jesus stands up and says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. He's telling us that he is who he says he is. So, there we have God. He is awesome. He is sovereign. He's everlasting. He's omnipotent, omniscient, and omniscient, and all those other words we can we pick out. Um, and then he comes to man. Right perspective of God, a right perspective of man. What is man? You sweep him, we sweep him away. He uses three metaphors here. We've used many metaphors. They sweep him away like a flood. In his sleep, there's no awareness of time. He slept, he's gone. Grass, it's yearning, gone and withered. And he's again reminding us of the frailty, the transience of man, of man. Um, let's read a couple of verses. Um, 1 Peter 1, 24-25. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. You see, we will come and go, and those who pontificate and, and stand up and say the Bible is nothing and all that, they'll be gone, they'll come and go. Uh, what was the name of the, um, the French philosopher? No, uh, he just no, no, he just like he's gone by name, and, and he said the the Bible in 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 a generation will be gone, and uh, they used. I like the Lord; he's got a good sense of humour, and uh, it, it, they used his front room decades later as a printing as a room for a printer press for the Bible. They come back to me in a minute, isn't it? Um, uh, one of those who, who said there's no God and the Bible will be gone in, in a generation see men come and go the Bible says he, he, he laughs at those who mock him 
but how silly we can become. Uh, the transience of man, the fragility. This is what the psalmist said, Psalm 39, 4, 5. Lord, make me to know my end, so I be too short. <laughs> and what is the measure of my days, so that I may know how frail I am. Mm. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly, every man at his best state is but vapor. Yeah. See, that's the, the psalmist is saying, look, keep my mind clear, sober. You know, we, we, we think, no, we're not going to be here forever. We have a momentary passage. We have pilgrims passing through, and we need to grab hold of, the, of life and, and, and uh, the Lord and really. Uh, it was Beethoven when they saw him he's deaf and he, he, he screamed I will grab hold of life by the scruff of the neck and he still composed when he that's amazing I don't know still when he was deaf dear me some of us are torn deaf I know but uh, he, he, he composed uh, touch of God upon our lives again the frailty of man the frailty of man not just the frailty of man he's talking now again right, right perspective he's talking about the sinfulness of man the sinfulness of man he says, Lord, you've put our secret sins before your countenance. Not just our sins that everyone knows, but the very secret sins. The iniquities. that, that are, Again, we, we talked about the iniquity. The bent, the, the, the warpedness in our lives. We can't be straight. We can't be upright. Why? Because there's iniquity in us that twists us. And uh, he's, he's reminding us, not just of our frailty, but of our sin. Remember, God is awesome. He's powerful. He's, he's not just our dwelling place. He's the creator. All those things. But we, human, frail. Not just frail, but sin. Deserving the wrath of God. Um, deserving that. Um, let's read a couple of verses. Um, Psalm 133 and 4. With you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can with reverence serve you. Wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. Well, it says it all, didn't it? Psalm, Lord, if you keep a record, Lord, and, he, and, and Moses reminds us, Lord, our sins are laid bare before you. Hebrews 4, 12, 13. All seen, all naked before him, of whom we must give an account. Um, so God is he's reminding us again, God is awesome, we are frail, not just frail, we are sinful, and reminding us of the awesomeness of God. Uh, we, we have forgotten God is awesome in his love, but he's awesome in his justice as well. It is, it is uh, two sides of that one coin. He is just and he is love. We have maybe emphasized in these last days the love of God to the extent we've forgotten the justice of God, the fear of the Lord, as he says. He, he, he demands that. He deserves that. Why? Because he's still the awesome God. He still holds my next breath in his hand. My heartbeat is in his hand. Um, and we see Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 4, the writer of the Hebrews picks the same verse up. Um, Hebrews 12, 25, I think, to 29. 
See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if you did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we, shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shall shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shall shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Mm. Now this, yet once more, indicates a removal of those things that are being shaken, as of those things that are made, that, are, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. He is still an awesome God. So Moses is trying to get their attention. He's saying this is who God is. This is who we are before a holy God. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. But then his heart is that's with the perspective, right? But now his position, you know, he's the, the position he's got a, he got a change of attitude, change of heart now, because he now is the next verse we've looked at many times. Teach me. You see, when we understand who God is, when we understand who we are, there's a blessed of the poor in spirit. There's a change of heart, a change of attitude, which always must happen. You see, it, it, sometimes again we have we've got people to say the prayer of salvation where there's been no deep repentance, no understanding that they are sinners before a holy God. Without Him, there's no salvation. Without Him, there's no Savior. And we, 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 you see, just to say a prayer, that doesn't mean a thing really, unless there's a heart. With our heart, we believe. With our mouth, we confess. So He's, he's, he's come to that place where He's now teachable. The attitudes change. Teach me. I am now pliable in your hands, Lord. Now the arrogance of me, the arrogance of man is gone. It's gone. Teach me to number my days aright, that I may gain a heart of wisdom. There's a teachableness there, and there's a teachableness. You see, in, in the New Testament, it's, it's continual surrender. That's the act, isn't it? And the process is transformation. Let's read that lovely verse. Uh, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, Ma. There's, the, there's our attitude. It has changed. We are, we are surrendered. We are pliable. Now teach me to number my days. That's the attitude he has. His aspiration to number my days or to grab hold of my days. Lord, not to waste any of my days anymore. Of course, the answer was wisdom. To make the right choices. To make the right, right decisions. So now he's gone from right perspective. He's in the right position. Now right attitude. Now he's got a right priority. He's going to begin to pray. And, and if you can count there, he's asked the Lord for 10 things. Yeah, he's not, he's, he's Lord, I'm coming before you. There's a lot of things to ask for. Lord, first thing is, oh, let me define my time by you. Let me grab all of every day and let it be under your care. Let your kingdom come in my life every single day. I'm pliable before you. Lord, please. And then he says, Lord, relent. Now he's asking the Lord 
he's seen the judgment of God, remember, through the, through the wilderness. He's seen God's wrath and it, 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 that is justified. Now he's saying, Lord, please, relent. Have mercy upon us. Greatest prayer we can pray. Have mercy upon us. I love this verse. He says, satisfy, satisfy us in the morning. There's a new day there, of course, isn't there? Satisfy us in the new mo- in the morning with your unfailing love. Um, that word there, of course, we've looked at before. It is not love. It is not even loving kindness. It's, it's, it's God's covenant chesed. That beautiful covenant that which has the connotations of steadfastness, strength, love, stubborn love. God's covenant love with his people is loyalty beyond and above uh, our imagination. Stubborn love. Lord, sat- see, there's no other thing, there's nothing that can satisfy us like that, is there? That we know God is committed to us, He's covenanted to us, He loves us. That nothing else can satisfy. When we, we can sit peacefully tonight, can't we? We can go to bed tonight with peace in our hearts. If we wake up, bless the Lord, there's a new day. But if we don't, I'm into the presence of the Lord. That's wonderful. Satisfy me with your loving kindness, with understanding your chesed, the covenant love, which you proved and you're still proving with the people of Israel. Undeserved. Dear me, we looked in, 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 in the... He said, how many times they grumbled and he mourned and... It, what did he say? Ten times, you, you, didn't he? Um, perhaps that's why he's doing. He's giving ten, uh, ten requests here. Make us glad. Make us glad, O oh Lord, with your loving kindness. Uh, lamentations. There was a good one to find in Lamentations three. You can flick by him easily, quickly. Uh, three. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. Ah, his loving kindness, fresh, new. It's because of his loving kindness we are not consumed. Um, you know, what we said before me, people say, oh, if I see the Lord, let me tell you, if you see the Lord in your sinful state, there is no hope. <laughs> There's no hope. You will be consumed. There's only one way into the presence of God to see the Lord, and that's to be clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Impossible otherwise, isn't it? Um, but his loving kindness is new, is awesome, is wonderful. And that's he says, Lord, fill me, fill me. Lord, we know what we've done. We know where we are. We know who you are. Teach me number of my days are right. Satisfy me with your loving kindness. Flood me. And thankfully, in the New Testament, we are flooded by the Holy Spirit's power and might and his character. Romans 5, 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. He's poured it out into our hearts, and the more we get to know him, the more the Holy Spirit fills us, the more we understand who we are, who he is, and that he is covenanted towards us. When we break bread, we break bread to remember the covenant, so satisfy us. Lord, make us glad. Uh, Why? Because there have been afflictions. 
Remember Psalm 119 says, I thank you, Lord, you afflicted me. We look at that Sunday morning, whether there's afflictions. We don't want them, we don't like them, but there's always purpose in them for the Lord. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you you afflicted you because now I remember your word. I'm, now you've turned me into your word. I'm getting back to your word. Lord, I was wandering, wandering. Psalm 119, 67, 71. You'll find that. Thank you, Lord. Your affliction. You, now fill me. Now I'm going to flourish. There's going to be rejoicing. Bless the Lord. See, he's in the presence of the Lord, isn't he? He's rejoicing now. Make me glad. Lord, you've relented. Your, your compassion, your love. And when he's, he's bathed in his love, He's, he's now he's rejoicing and remember that rejoicing isn't, isn't just saying thank you Lord mm. he is just okay. leaping and dancing uh, remember that, that lovely word a lamb skipping that's where the word is from and you see the lovely lambs before they're on your plate mind you know, you're not skipping on your plate but in, in the field and they're skipping sorry John uh, but they're lovely lambs ju- jumping jumping in the field and they're lovely lovely but hey L- lamb and mint sauce you can't beat it mate I tell you <laughs> <laughs> but they're jumping and you know what they are, they, there's, there's, there's that, you can see it kind of there's just that lip joy in that lamb jumping and there's a wonderful joy because why because we know the Lord has made us glad made us glad because of his love his compassion is turning uh, around to us the splendor and now our focus is the Lord's work isn't it Lord show me your works to your servants, the glory to their children. There's not just the Lord's work, there's a generation, there's a legacy. Lord, what am I going to leave? Show me your works, because it's awesome, mighty, powerful your works is. Let's read that verse, um, we just sang it, uh, Deuteronomy 32. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is He. Yeah, His work is perfect. Um, it's complete. That's what it means. It's absolutely complete. Well, well, we can't. You know, just because we can't see the completeness and the work, and we say, "Lord, I don't understand this." Well, uh, the Lord could say, "It isn't like me and you." The Lord could say, "Well, mind your own business. I know what I'm doing." Yeah. But He's merciful to us, isn't He? Sometimes He gives us a little insight. Sometimes not. But you know, the Lord, we know can trust God when you don't understand as I was telling that story about that uh, minister and his wife who lost a, a child at, t- at where he was 12 no understanding at all of why but they learned to trust the Lord and uh, maybe they won't have any answers until they get to eternity but then in eternity they will say thank you I know now why it's clear to me it's clear uh, but Lord show his work is perfect and then he finishes off with the blessing of God, Lord, the blessing of God to be upon us. May the favor, may the beauty of the Lord be upon us. May the favor of the Lord be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Make it upright, absolutely. Let it be something that will be seen and it will last. Not because of us, is it? The work of our hands, no, it's because of the beauty of the Lord is upon us. Remember, there's, there's, there's that balance, isn't it? You've got to do something, of course. But outside of the Lord, without him, we can do nothing. But when his hand is upon it, ooh, bless the Lord. That's why we're talking about men and women of God many years later. Because the beauty of the Lord was upon them and their work has been established. We, we sing their hymns. We, we think of, of what they established. And uh, great men and women of God, isn't it? Why? The beauty of the Lord was upon them and the establishment of the work. What, where does it start? Moses, the man of God, because he was God's man, started with the Lord 
as the Lord's prayer does. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Amen. This prayer starts with the Lord. Then it reminds us of who we are. Frail, sinful, um, undeserving. Deserving the wrath of God. But thankfully, he says, look, Lord, I know I'm just frail. Relent. Flood me with your loving kindness. Flood me with your mercy. And then there's rejoicing. He's coming in repentance, coming in right perspective. Now he's in the right position, right posture. And the Lord is going to do a great work. Right priority. Of course, the right priority is always prayer, isn't it? Always seeking the Lord, asking him. Bless the Lord. Oh, Lord, teach us to number our days aright. Give us a heart of wisdom, not to waste our, our days, our times. And flood us with your loving, your chesed, your covenant love. Bless the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.